episode 88 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you to talk some more Knicks and to talk some more NBA on the show this week. This is an all-star episode. We got the all-star game and all the all-star festivities coming up on Sunday. So we will dive into the skills competition. We'll dive into the dunk contest, the three-point shootout, and all the good things going on. Sunday night in Atlanta in the second half of the show. But first, good week for the Knicks, I think, overall. I I think, as I looked back on the last week, and we're going to really dive into Knicks performances, and obviously the Knicks play again tonight on the Thursday. Uh, I'm recording earlier on the Thursday, so I will not be able to talk about the Detroit game on the Thursday night podcast obviously goes out on the Friday. So you guys will know that result going into it, uh, going into the weekend where all-star festivities take over again. The Knicks won't play again after Thursday until next Thursday. So it'll be another, the recording for next week's show will also be on a Knicks ball night. So it's one of those things where we do have to figure it out. But for this week, Knicks play Detroit tonight you guys will know the result of the game as you're listening to the show that's why i'm not going to touch on it but there's four other games to touch on Knicks went three and one this week again we'll get to the dud in san antonio last we'll go in order this week uh, of the games that the knicks played the 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 first game i should say was the game that was going on while the last podcast was being recorded and boy what a crazy uh explosion of offense late in that game in particular but listen the Knicks played really strong in the first half against Sacramento back last Thursday and despite a third quarter where they kind of let Sacramento sort of get back into the game a little bit the Knicks pulled away in the fourth in a 140 to 121 win I was looking at this earlier today I I don't think the Knicks have had that many all season in a game i'm pretty sure 140 is the most they've scored in a game this season so it was an an offensive outburst if you will at a strong you know integral a big part of the season these next few games so it was important to see that kind of offense coming from the knicks and listen it was a matter really of multiple guys stepping up off the bench you know obviously the starters did their part julius Randle continues to be Julius Randle Reggie Bullock had some decent minutes as a starter Derek Rose started this game had 18 points and six assists that was great to see obviously no uh Alfred Payton with an injury in this one and RJ Barrett was efficient at least in his 12 points five of eight from the field had three rebounds had three assists in 25 minutes but really the the big bursts that the Knicks needed to pull away in this game came off the bench Another great game from Emmanuel quickly. 25 points off the bench, including 12 of 12 from the free throw line, and he shot 50% from the field. 24 points on 8 of 12 shooting, and 5 of 8 from deep from Alec Burks, who continues to shine off the bench in most of his games for the Knicks. And how about as well, 9 and 7 from Taj Gibson, a decent 23 minutes from Frank Nilakina who's starting to look a little bit different coming off of this return to the Knicks rotation. And a 
you know, relatively decent 17 minutes from Obi Toppin, who didn't do a ton, but was serviceable. So, all in all, it's a solid night for the Knicks. And, and I think that was really, uh, it, it really showed in the scoreline. You know, again, I, I really think that this was a big game for the Knicks to get. And then the key from here was whether they could keep the momentum going against Indiana. That, that was really the key. And this is where we're really going to start diving in. This was a massive win for the Knicks. This was the win of the week, in my opinion. 110-107 over the Indiana Pacers. Th- this, to me, was a make-or-break game for the end of February. I felt like this was this was the crucial game. If the Knicks could get this one, you could enter March with a really strong feeling about the Knicks moving forward. We knew it was going to be a tight game. Indiana expects to be a playoff team again this season. They've got strong talent, specifically in the starting lineup. And the Knicks got big-time performances from Julius Randle again, who was, I mean, all over the place. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. I mean, if he wasn't an all-star, it would have been a crime. It just That's just what it is at this point. He's just having that kind of a year. Derrick Rose had 17 points and 11 assists, again, as a starter with no Alfred Payton in the lineup. And R.J. Barrett, who's had a wild year so far, very Jekyll and Hyde, had 24-7. and seven. Off the bench, not a ton. Quickly was the only player in double figures, but the starters did enough. And just huge plays down the stretch. The Nilakina defensive stop at the end was huge. That led to the Derrick Rose takeaway, although it was a combination of the two on the takeaway. The, I thought the, the Derrick Rose buzzer beater... At the end of the first half was huge. I thought Quickly's four-point play was massive in this game as well. And the Knicks got to 500. That I thought that was crucial in the month of February. If you can get to 500, it was a huge thing. And I remember, say, I remember saying at the beginning of the month, just for a confidence standpoint, if the Knicks could finish the month of February above 500, because it was there for the taking the Knicks could have a massive boost going into March. And this was the crucial game. This was the crucial game of the final three in the month of February. And listen, the Knicks did not get off to a good start in this game. The Pacers took a nine-point lead into the second quarter. Knicks got all of it back in the second quarter, took a two-point lead going into the half. I mean, that that halftime momentum can be huge in the NBA turning around a first quarter deficit and almost of double figures going into the second quarter and making it a lead for you going into halftime totally changes the complexion of the game. And the Knicks held on from there. They they managed things, I thought, well in the third and made the key plays down the stretch in a close game to get the win. That's something we haven't said a lot with the Knicks because they haven't had a ton of opportunities this year in one possession games. There haven't been a ton of those. There've been some. But this was a game this was a big game. One possession game. The Knicks got it done. That's that's the growth of a team. That is the growth of a team that continues to get better whose first year head coach continues to absolutely mold this team into his image 
And this team looks like a playoff team. This team looks like a team that is going to make the playoffs and be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. The Knicks right now, again, if things continue to go the way they're going, this is a Knicks team that could be a top four seed. It is. They have that kind of potential. If they continue to get better and continue to get the performances they're getting from the guys like Nerlens Noel, from Alec Burks, from Emmanuel Quickly, from Frank Nilakina, Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, you know, the guys that are not the, the main catalysts, like your Julius Randles, your RJ Barrett's. And then if you continue to get some development from Obi Toppin, maybe get something here and there from Kevin Knox, Alfred Payton comes back, maybe that becomes a factor. We didn't really see Austin Rivers of late. This The last the game against the Pacers did not play because of a coach's decision. And I believe in the Detroit game, I take a quick look back. Austin Rivers also did not play because of a coach's decision. That's another option if you want to be able to use him. But at the moment, Tom Thibodeau is not feeling the need. He's kind of become a forgotten man, Austin Rivers. So that's you know, that's an interesting one. Also, again, same thing against uh, the Spurs. Austin Rivers was did not play because of a coach's decision. So it's interesting. There's a lot of depth here. There's a lot of depth, 100%. And the Knicks have got to feel good about where they're at. They really do. The Knicks carried that momentum into Detroit and were convincing in a 109-90 win over the, over the really poor Detroit Pistons. More from Julius Randle. More from R.J. Barrett. Derek Rose chipped in again as a starter. Quickly and Burks again carried the bench. And Nerlens Noel is just a warrior. Nerlens Noel is, if this Knicks team goes on to do anything this season, again, Mitchell Robinson will come back at some point down the road. If the Knicks end up doing anything this season that's memorable, you know, going on a playoff run is what I mean. Remember the name Nerlens Noel. These are the kind of games where Nerlens Noel is just battling on both ends of the floor, doing the dirty work on the defensive glass, doing his thing offensively, just bodying guys up, and showing his his size and his strength down low. Remember him if the Knicks do something special this season. Those are the kind of unsung heroes that get lost in a really good season. Nerlens Noel is the epitome of that. Remember his name if we're talking about the Knicks in a ridiculous manner as far as being, uh, you know, winning series or winning playoff games. Because these are the kind of games during the regular season where you need that kind of player on your roster. I don't know if Nerlens Noel will have an impact if the Knicks make the playoffs. I don't know. I hope he does. I think they, they might end up needing him. But for right now, as the Knicks sit at 500, 
remember his name because these are the kind of games the games against detroit the games against indiana the games against sacramento when you need to get it over the line you have the dirty work guys the put on your hard hat and bring your lunch pail to work kind of players nerland's noel is is the guy he's he's really a tom thibodeau kind of guy and boys he delivered in the absence of mitchell robinson he's not getting enough credit in my opinion nerland's noel has just been phenomenal and in a 109-90 win against the pistons he was huge again he really was he had that crazy dunk in this game as well off the barrett lob and he also stuffed a bay dunk attempt as well and and sadiq bay is a tough cookie to deal with inside i know he's a rookie but that dude is tough to deal with and nerland's noel put the rookie back on his on his keister essentially and just rocked him back after he tried to dunk over the top of him also obi Toppin had a nice reverse dunk in this game as well but in the end it was randall it was barrett it was rose and then off the bench it was burks and quickly again doing the job and i gotta tell you if derrick rose keeps playing like this i don't know if Alfred payton gets back into the starting lineup when he returns from injury i, I don't know i know a lot of nick fans are, are getting tired have been getting tired of Alfred payton Derek Rose is going to give Tom Thibodeau a tough choice to make whenever Alfred Payton gets back from that hamstring injury because this is not going to be a straightforward swap when Alfred Payton gets back, in my opinion. Now, we were talking about quickly potentially moving into the starting lineup on multiple occasions this year. Well, Derek Rose could end up being that guy because he's been phenomenal these last four games as a starter. No question about that. It's impressive no doubt then you look at the spurs game this is where the egg was laid and a buddy of mine who also is a knicks fan said it perfectly before i could even say it myself the knicks just you know it was almost like the knicks just didn't get off the plane the knicks just did not get off the plane for this game um sloppy for most of it game was tight you know, going into halftime, Knicks stayed in it despite sloppy first half play. They were kind of lucky to be in the game, in my opinion, going in to halftime. And and then the third quarter uh, was a classic, uh, a classic letting it slip job by the Knicks. I mean, the, the Spurs just kind of pummeled the Knicks in the third quarter, outscoring them by 15 points in the quarter, and then just put the Knicks away in the fourth, 119 to 93 a performance that that tom thibodeau can't be happy with uh the knicks fall to 500 they were actually a game above 500 after the win over detroit so they did finish the the month of february on a high getting above 500 for the first time in a while i can't remember the last time the knicks were above 500 this year but they went right back down to 500 after that against listen a good spurs team but a spurs team the knicks can beat you know this is a spurs team that's not that much better than this Knicks team so it was disappointing to see that 
Um, listen, Julius Randle, another double-double. Another another hard-hat performance, despite a tough loss from Nerlens Noel with 12 rebounds, including 7 on the offensive glass. Didn't get a ton from Reggie Bullock. Didn't get a ton from Alec Burks. Got a little bit more from Moby Toppin and Kevin Knox. And then obviously Emmanuel Quickly was fantastic scoring off the bench. 26 points in 29 minutes. Uh, RJ Barrett gave you 15. Not bad from Nilakina. 13 off the bench. Sorry, 13 as a starter. Pardon me. Uh, with Derek Rose not available. But the Knicks clearly missed Derek Rose in this game. No question about it. And uh, despite a decent performance from Frank Nilakina, specifically from shooting uh, the ball from deep, very rare that he does that, but he knocked down all three of his shots from deep. Knicks got pummeled in this game. And it really it came down to the defensive end of the floor. It really did. That third quarter, the Knicks really couldn't stop a nosebleed. It was really frustrating to watch against the San Antonio team that kind of let the Knicks hang around. They gave the Knicks a chance after one half of basketball to stay in this game. And the Knicks did not take it in the third and specifically as well in the fourth. They really just let it slip through their fingers. And this was a disappointing start to the month of March for New York. So listen, all in all, it's a fantastic week for the Knicks. You enter the month of March, a game up above 500 and you're at 500 right now. It's, it's a solid place for the Knicks to be. And if they can beat Detroit uh, this Thursday night, you guys will know the result of that game when the podcast goes out huge boost going into the all-star break if the knicks can be a game above 500 going into the all-star break you feel like they can really carry some of that momentum into the second half of the season one last quick note because this is something we've we've talked about at times on this show but we haven't fully dove in and i'm gonna i'm not gonna fully dive in because we've again we've kind of we've mentioned it here and there on this podcast But it's worth mentioning again as we continue to hype up how well the Knicks are doing. The Julius Randle situation becomes very, very interesting. It continues to develop as the season goes on. There there was talk that the Knicks were going to trade him at some point this season. So what do the Knicks do? It's hard to say right now, trade Julius Randle. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. The Knicks played fantastically in February. And for the time being, because he's an all-star on top of that, and wants to be with the Knicks long-term, I think that was probably the best story uh, this week, besides the all-star stuff, is that Julius Randle... Wants to buy in long-term. He's he's probably loving co- playing under coach Tom Thibodeau. And Ian Begley has reported multiple times that the Knicks view Randall as a key cock. But, you know, again, they also have, there's also been reports that he could be a key cog in a trade at the trade deadline. So, but according to Ian Begley, here's the quote. Based on a conversation I've had with somebody earlier this month, there are prominent members of the Knicks organization that feel Randall is a part of this young core that they are trying to move forward with, end quote. However, 
You have to take calls if you're the Knicks ahead of the trade deadline on potential Julius Randle trades just because you have to see what his value is. I'm not saying the Knicks would be motivated to make a deal based on that conversation, so I'd expect the Knicks to have those conversations. Whether anything comes to fruition or not remains to be seen. That's the way to handle this. It's a business. Julius Randle is a rising commodity that now has the name All-Star attached to his status. So you have to take a look. See what teams would be willing to bring to the table for a Julius Randle. But man, you can't you can't trade him. Not now. This this would be the season where you let it you let it play out and you try to get to the playoffs and make a run and see if how the Knicks do with him as the key piece on this team. He has he has given you more than enough where you would say, yeah, we got we to gotta see here what he's like going into the second half of the season and then into the playoffs. It's interesting stuff. I have to take a break here. I want to talk a little bit more about this on the other side. And we'll talk about some potential trade deadline targets because they have been updated. More names are coming out. Some new names that are interesting as well. And... We'll fully dive into All-Star Sun, All-Star Sunday, I should say. And I'll also give you my picks for the skills challenge, the dunk contest, and the three-point shootout. All that and more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Second half of the show, we're diving right back in to the Julius Randle conversation. We'll get to the all-star stuff in a little bit. I'll give you guys my picks. You guys know me. I'm an all-star weekend junkie. I love the the all-star events. Um, I love them more than the all-star game itself, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, We'll get to that. I I always give my predictions. Um, The last uh, year or so I've been doing the show, I always do that for all-star uh, for the All-Star Weekend. I guess I've only done it once. I'm trying to think back. I've done the show for almost two years now. So I guess I've only had the opportunity. I, the COVID's really messed with my brain as far as time <laughs> and things like that. So I know I've done it once before, at least on this show. I want to do it again because it's a lot of fun uh, later on in this week's show. But first, let's let's complete where we ended the last segment on Julius Randle and the Knicks trade deadline options. First and foremost, I'd love to let let you guys have some thoughts on this too. So let me know, posting a toasting comments section or at SJ7 on Twitter. That's where most of you guys tend to hit me up is on Twitter. So hit, hit me up there. You can give me a follow if you like uh, and let me know what you think about the Julius Randle situation at SJ7 and the NBA trade, trade deadline in general. It's coming up. It's just around the corner. Knicks only have a few weeks here to kind of make up their minds about what they want to do moving forward. So uh, let's quickly 
because I do want to get to the all-star stuff as well. Let's look at some of the updated trade targets for the Knicks because it's worth mentioning here. And a few more interesting names have been brought to the forefront that I think are worth discussing. Because it's t- like you know, there's some weeks when when there's names that are floated out there and they're fun when you know we talk about a broad NBA standpoint, but this is mostly a Knicks podcast. It's on a Knicks websites we have to mostly focus on the knicks and not all of them apply to the knicks i mean there was i mean last week the the athletic had an article of a hundred names that you know the knicks could go after and it was from Giannis all the way down to to lebron and i'm like it's not happening so why are we writing this article so it was you know it's one of those things but not all of them are legitimate is what i'm trying to say some of these that i'm going to read out to you are legitimate because they're you know these are guys that could potentially be pieces on this Knicks roster moving forward as the Knicks push for a playoff spot and potentially a playoff run so at the moment the three names that they've that they've you know spotted up and these have been according to to multiple reports and not necessarily that not that the Knicks are interested but that these could be names that the Knicks possibly down the road look into during this uh this trade deadline season the first one is an interesting one one that out of the three probably makes the least sense but marvin bagley the third from the sacramento kings the reason this one is the, the reason this one doesn't really make a ton of sense is because of the fact that julius randall is an all-star for one and number two mitchell robinson will be back at some point this season for now nerland's noel who's not giving you a ton of offense but He's holding down more than holding down the fort as a starter in this Knicks lineup. This is a Knicks lineup that depends a lot on their defense, and Nerlens Noel, like what Mitchell Robinson would be expected of, has been a big piece to what the Knicks have done over the last few weeks. No question about that. So Marvin Bagley, you know, again, would be a great piece offensively, right? But I. I it's one of those things where defensively do the Knicks need to make that move like Mitchell Mitchell Robinson's there Julius Randle's there and obviously you know Obi Toppin you just you just drafted at that position as well but you know Mitchell Robinson's been hurt you can use some do you use depth do you, or do you want depth at that position obviously Marvin Bagley's a better player than Nerlens Noel that's not what I'm saying but but could you argue that that more depth is needed at the guard position that that's kind of where i'm coming from on this when you look at the guards now that especially now that alfred payton's out with a hamstring injury Derek rose missed a game and now tested negative for COVID, so we can come back to the team and then emmanuel quickly is a, is i almost said freshman he's a rookie but he's inconsistent at times like any rookie would be but when he's great he's great so it's that balance between which part of the roster needs a little bit more. I'd argue it's the guard position. You know, again, Alec Burks has been solid off the bench, but, you know, Austin Rivers has faded on this team. Could you potentially bring in another shooter? And that's where the other two names that have popped up recently to me make a little bit more sense. And the first is Lonzo Ball. I feel like it at his position the Knicks could really get a nice ball handler who's a good passer, can knock down shots from time to time, and has one of the better assist-to-turnover ratios in the NBA. 
and is a, is a knockdown three-point shooter. Now, many believe it wouldn't be cheap to get him away from the Pelicans, but the Knicks could definitely look into this. This could be an interesting move for, for, for me, in, in my opinion, I should say. I think this is a move that if the Knicks make it, could really add to the depth at the shooting guard position and the guard position in general. Because the Knicks, again, that that's where I'd argue they, they need a little bit more help if you are to add and slowly continue to make this team better. That's where I'd look at the guard position. The third option is also enticing, in my opinion. And that would be to add J.J. Redick, another Pelican. Another interesting name. According to Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, he said, quote, there's now a widespread sense New Orleans is hoping to move Redick to a franchise closer to his family in Brooklyn. So this this becomes interesting. This becomes very interesting. The Knicks obviously would be a spot that would make sense for that right now. And I think Tom Thibodeau could really use him. Another veteran, guy that knows the process, perennial playoff contender, been on a ton of really good teams, and improves the Knicks' three-point shooting. The Knicks are 10th or 11th, I think, in conversion rate from deep this season, which is solid. That's a solid place to be from three-point range. But the veteran presence, the playoff experience in a J.J. Redick could be valuable on this team. And I think Tom Thibodeau would love him. Just options. Options that when I was reading through them earlier in the week, I just thought, hmm. Guy that, you know, these are guys that, you know, would be really nice additions to the Knicks roster. 100%. So it'll be interesting to see what the Knicks decide to do. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Knicks did make a move or two at the trade deadline. But I think that they'll be looking to add. They will not be looking to sell. The team's too good. You know, the Knicks are, the Knicks have, the Knicks have more than proven to their, the the, the players have more than proven to the organization that this is a playoff team. This is a team that should be built upon. And this is a team that is a playoff contender right now. As we stand here, on March 5th, when you'll be getting this podcast and listening to it. The Knicks are a contender. No question about it in the East. And I don't think many people thought we'd be saying that at the beginning of the season. It's amazing what Tom Thibodeau has done. And if I've said it once, I'll say it again. Tom Thibodeau, if not a front runner, is right there in the NBA Coach of the Year conversation. And there's really no debate. What he has done this season is frankly remarkable. Because don't forget, do not forget, we were talking about this team a year ago. And I'll pull it up again because it's it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Where the Knicks were a year ago under Mike Miller. Right now the Knicks are the five seed, by the way, right now in the East, and could move up to the four. They're a half game 
behind their division rivals, the Boston Celtics. Obviously, it's tight in the East. No question about that. But the Knicks right now are in the five spot. And if they were to win, they'd be, I believe, tied with the Celtics for fourth place. So it's one of those things where the Knicks have just done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. But remember last year. Last year at this point, again, David Fisdale started the season. Mike Miller took over from there. At this point, a season ago, and it feels like years ago now because of the pandemic, Mike Miller had taken over in a March 4th a season ago, the Knicks lost 112 to 104 to the Utah Jazz, and they were 19 and 43. This time a season ago, the Knicks had won 19 games. We're halfway through the season, and if the Knicks win tonight, they will have won 19 games. Tom Thibodeau, for my money, is the NBA Coach of the Year. No question about that. All right, let's dive into the All-Star stuff to wrap up this week's show. You guys know me. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. I love the All-Star game. I love I love All-Star, the All-Star festivities. This year it's not an All-Star Saturday night, but it's an All-Star Sunday, and I'm absolutely in love with with the events i i'm probably the only one that gets excited for them more than anybody else one quick nicks note on this uh it was a little frustrating to see this actually so the rising stars game i believe is happening um i'm not sure when they're going to do it i guess sometime on sunday uh good for rj barrett he again is a rising star he makes the team manual quickly doesn't make the team that was a little frustrating i know he's been a little inconsistent at times but Thought he, I thought they'd give him a chance on the Team USA team, but R.J. Barrett will make the world team as he did as a rookie last season. So I'm excited to see that. I was a little disappointed, though, to see that uh, that Emmanuel quickly missed out. And for those that you know uh, aren't familiar, this is basically the rookie-sophomore game. Only rookies and sophomores can play in this game. Um, but technically... Um, it used to be rookies versus sophomores. Now it's U.S. versus world, basically. They split up the rookies and the sophomores based on that. So LaMelo Ball will be playing. Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, James Wiseman, Tyler Hero, Keldon Johnson, John Morant, Zion Williamson, DeAndre Hunter, Michael Porter Jr., Precious Achua, you know, those kind of guys. So you, you'll get a good look. Uh, Rui Hachimura as well. So you get a good look at the youngsters. R.J. Barrett will be playing. So if you're a Knicks fan, it's worth tuning in. Get to see him showcase some of his talents uh, midway through his second year with the Knicks in the NBA. All right, let's dive into the nitty-gritty here. Let's get through the events. It starts on Sunday, 6.30 p.m. with the Skills Challenge. Now, this is always one of the tougher events to judge because... The big guys tend to do better than expected in this event. I believe Chris Tapps Porzingis won this as a Nick a few years back. The big guys tend to shock people in this competition because they can handle the darn thing now, folks. 
they are pretty good. The field this year is pretty strong. It's a stronger field than I expected it to be, if I'm being honest with you. The skills challenge has a lot of good players here. Robert Covington from the Blazers, Luka Doncic from the Mavs, Chris Paul from the Suns, Julius Randle will be representing the Knicks, DeMontis Sabonis for the Pacers, my dark horse for this event, by the way, and Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic, who's no slouch either. If I'm picking this event, for me, I, I have three guys immediately that I think are immediate contenders. I look at Luka, I look at DeMontis Sabonis, and I look at Chris Paul. I could see Julius Randle being a dark horse here as well, but those are the three I'd look to first. I'm going to pick Luka and be safe here, but I feel like I'm going to get... I, like. The problem with this event is I always you, you you think logically, right? But you don't know who's going to take it seriously. That's the that's where it gets really tricky. But I'm going to stick with Luca. I think Luca would want to win this. I think Luca, you know, I, I feel like Luca's an all star, like awards hog. I feel like at some point we're going to be saying his name a lot for MVP and you know maybe skills challenge, three-point shootout. Like, I feel like he's going to try and sweep all of these at some point. Maybe not the dunk contest, but he'll try to sweep a lot of these in his career. I, I, I'm i going to take Luka. I think Luka probably wins this, but the other two that I'd look at would be uh, Sabonis and then maybe maybe Randall or Paul. I, I Covington, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't quite know how he'll do. And Vucevic is a dark horse. I just don't think... I think he'll get outclassed. I feel like I feel like his skills won't be good enough. But then then again, who freaking knows? He could end up winning the darn thing, for all I know. It's a skills challenge. It's not taken as seriously as some of the other events at times. Sometimes it is. Chris Paul, you, I mean, logically, right, when you first look at the list, you think, oh, Chris Paul wins this, right? But guards don't always do great in this event because, of the, because I don't know, maybe they don't take it seriously enough. I don't know. But for some reason, the guards don't tech, tech. They don't either take it seriously or they technically just don't bring their skills. Like they just, they're just kind of going through the motions. So this is a difficult one to look at, but I'll take Luca, feel good about it, and we'll take it from there. The three point shootout. And I, I heard some people say this is the best three point shootout we've had in a decade. How quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. Wasn't it two or three years ago? We had Steph. We had Clay. Devin Booker. JJ Redick. I mean, my God. Just a few years ago, we had an amazing field for this event. This field has got nothing on the fields from a couple years ago. Nothing. This is a good field, okay? Don't get me wrong. This is a solid field. But give me a... But we had a... We had a field a couple years ago with... with seven or eight of the best shooters of this generation going up against each other. I mean, my God, how quickly we forget about this stuff. So let's not, let's not go crazy here, but this is a good field. Six strong shooters for the most part. And you know, Zach Levine, but it's one of those things where you know, listen, Devin Booker is definitely a contender. Jalen Brown, you know, could win this, I guess. Jason Tatum, his teammate, possibly donovan mitchell's a good three-point shooter he's not a great three-point shooter 
and and Zach Levine, I think, I, I mean, he's a dunker. He's more of a dunker. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I was a little disappointed when I saw he was doing this, but not the dunk contest. So maybe he wants both. He wants both of the trophies on his mantle. Fair enough. I, I don't see him winning this. The, the for me, I, I feel like it's pretty simple. I, I think you, if you don't pick Steph Curry, uh, you're taking a risk. <laughs> I, I think Steph Curry will want to win this event. I think he will win it. I, I think the only other player I could see possibly winning this event is Devin Booker. Although if I remember correctly, Devin Booker doesn't always do great in this event. It's a little, he's a little inconsistent in the three-point shootout. So I'll take Steph Curry, feel pretty good about it, if I'm being honest with you. I know it seems like the easy pick, but again, this is not as deep of a field as we've had. I I feel like everyone's forgetting about some of these other three-point contests we've had. Like I could easily see Jason Tatum throwing up a dud in this event i could see jalen brown struggling through this event there's years there were years in the past you're like i don't know who's gonna give in like there's shooters all over the place that are just absolutely filthy from downtown so this is not you know this has nothing on the maybe the 2017 2018 maybe 2019 uh three-point shootouts because yes it's a good field but we forget how good these fields have been in the past i mean we really do it's unbelievable how quickly we forget now last year the defending champ was buddy healed i believe and then joe harris won it before that devin booker actually won it the year before that so pardon me devin booker's actually won the event before but he has struggled in some of his other uh events down the years so here let me let me give you a lowdown on this okay again how quickly we forget right how quickly it it all uh it all falls to the wayside 2016 2017 three-point shootout clay thompson cj mccollum kyle lowry eric gordon kyrie irving kemba walker nick young wesley matthews i'd argue that's a better field than this field 2018 2017 2018 Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Wayne Ellington, Paul George, Tobias Harris, Clay Thompson, Eric Gordon. Comparable field, I would argue. Then 2018-2019, forget it. Joe Harris, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, Seth Curry, Damian Lillard, Buddy Heal, Danny Green, Devin Booker, Dirk Nowitzki, and Steph Curry. Enough. Enough! Way better way way better than this field and then last year was devin booker buddy Heald, trey young joe harris duncan robinson zach levine Devonte graham and davis uh davis burton's apologize there another decent field so the best field in a decade it's not even the best field of the last three years so can we can we i mean stop it enough there have been much better, much better fields for this event even two years ago when Joe Harris won it in a, in a loaded field. My gosh, a loaded field. So it's one of those things. By the way, 2015, 2016, you want another loaded field? Devin Booker, James Harden, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, JJ Redick, Clay Thompson, CJ McCollum, and Steph Curry. I mean, let's stop this conversation right now, please. Enough.
So anyway, I'll pick Steph Curry. I'll feel good about it. And we move on to the final event, which is my favorite event, the dunk contest. I'm a little disappointed. Only three participants in the dunk contest. That was very disappointing for me to see. I'm not going to lie to you. So here's the deal. Now, I don't quite know the format for this. Uh, It has not been explained to me. I have not seen it. Um, Let me look it up real quick, actually, just to get an idea of what I'm, you know, what I'm kind of basing this on Um, moving forward. Anthony Simons is in it from the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Our own New York Nick, Obi Toppin. Very excited for that, to see him in full flight at the All-Star Dunk Contest. And then a tough competitor as well. In Cassius Stanley, out of Duke, playing for the Indiana Pacers. That kid can leap out of the gym. So I'm excited to see him as well. For me, it's between those two. At the moment, I feel like one of those two could really could really put on a show. 100%. So here's the, here's the format. The five judges are five past NBA Slam Dunk champions. Dominique Wilkins, Josh Smith, Jason Richardson, Spud Webb, and the great D Brown. It's a really good, really good slate for the judging. There's been, ooh, there's been some controversy over the last few years. Let me tell you something right now. Poor Aaron Gordon's been robbed a couple of times, and not always by a pro. A couple of celebrities have robbed him over the last couple of years. Not saying that he should have won both, but I think Zach Levine should have won one, and Aaron Gordon should have one as well. Come on, enough is enough. Aaron Gordon is one of the unluckiest men ever to be in the NBA slam dunk. I, I, he should have one to his name, if not two. So it, it's it's insane how that man has been robbed, not once, but twice. Sorry, Derek Jones Jr., uh, but Aaron Gordon got robbed. So here's how the dunk contest is going to work. I'll be quick here. Each player gets two dunks in the first round. The two highest scores advance to the final round. The remaining players then perform one dunk each to determine a winner. First round dunks will be scored on a scale of 6 to 10 by the five judges I just named, allowing for a minimum score of 30 and a max of 50. Final round, judges choose the winner by raising a card with the dunker's name on it. So that's pretty cool. I like that. However, this is too short for me. I wish there was a fourth dunker and we'd really hammer this thing out. But it's how they're going to do it. It's a shorter event than normal. I just hope, again, hopefully it's quality not necessarily quantity. And I think with these guys, with these three dunkers, there's some potential. There is some definite potential here for some fireworks. So I'm going to take Obi Toppin. I'm going to take the hometown kid. I'm going to take the knicker, Bakker, in this one and feel good. I I think Obi Toppin could really not shock people. Everyone knows from his Dayton days that this kid is a dunker, Duncan machine, For him, it's going to come down to creativity. And I think that's the thing, right? Cassius Stanley and Obi Toppin can both jump out of the gym. And Anthony Simons, you know, has some hops as well. Creativity normally wins a dunk contest. So I'm curious to see how these guys do with that. But I'm going to take, I think Obi Toppin's got his confidence. I think Obi Toppin has got some swagger. And I think he's going to have the creativity he needs to win. So I'm going to take Obi Toppin. I also took Steph Curry and I took Luka Doncic as well to win the events for all-star sunday 
I'm not going to pick the all-star game because who cares? It doesn't matter. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be rooting for team Durant. I'll be rooting for Julius Randall, but I'm not going to pick because I mean, in the end, it's not a big deal. So anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the shock shock Knicks podcast. Let me know who you think is going to win the all-star events and who do you, uh, who are you pulling for? Probably the Knicks players, but let me know in the comments below or on Twitter at St. J seven to let me know what you think about that. And the other things going on with the Knicks, and the NBA. Thank you guys as always for listening, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.